We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King, and I'm so glad you're here with me today, my friend. I have a very special guest, and I've been looking forward to having this conversation for a really long time, and I thought, what better time to talk about therapy than during Mental Health Awareness Month? So I have dedicated my platform, and I've been doing a Be Kind to Your Mind challenge all month long just to bring awareness to mental health and mental wellness, um, but also like just developing small practices that can make a huge difference in our emotional and mental well-being. So I'm just so stoked to have my friend and incredible therapist, Rachel Turner on the show. Welcome. How you doing, sis? I am doing so good. That was such a warm welcome. And I'm so excited to be here and sharing this time with you. And yeah, it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. No, this is super exciting because, you know, as a coach in, in this world, like there is, um, a lot of stigmas around coaching and therapy and asking for help. So I just wanted to invite you on the show to just have a conversation about that in particular and like how these modalities and how this space can actually help you, um, anyone that's listening, really tap into whatever is, you know, causing discomfort or suffering and like knowing that there is an option and there is a way out. And sometimes it just comes down to asking for help. So Rachel and I know each other because we ran together, um, <laughs> the, the wild woman running crew and we just connected instantly because she's just such a beautiful soul. And I just like, could just see her light and everything that she did, everything that she shared. Um, but also just how she showed up and held space for people. And you could just tell like, whether you were like running or walking, you were just <laughs> such a good listener. Like you just were so engaged. And then when I found out that you were becoming a therapist, I was like, well, that makes so much sense because you just <laughs> naturally have a gift of holding space. So that's how and why we are here. So let's just dive in and we can kind of start with who you are and what you're about, and then we'll get into it. Yes. So my name is Rachel. So glad to be here. Um, I just recently opened up my own private practice in, um, I'd say it's like North Phoenix, Arizona. And I've been a therapist and working in this field, I would say for the last like seven years doing so many different things. Um, I worked at a farm and did equine therapy with one of my really good friends, Lacey, who also runs with us with Wild Women Running. And she was basically my, my first mentor and my first um, like person that I got to see working with, you know, individuals and children. And I got to just hold groups and hold space, not only um, with, you know, the kids, but then we also got to use the horses. And then I also have experience like working with couples, individuals, and I am originally from Chicago, um, moved out here about 11 years ago. So Arizona has been home for quite some time. Definitely don't miss that cold. Yeah. <laughs> Do you miss my family? Um, I love it here. Um, I have a little pup named Bailey and 
just so like the community out here has been amazing like so many great friends and it just Arizona has just felt like home for I feel like it's felt like home as of recently like the last two years just with the people that I'm with because I think that makes such a difference with how you feel and how you are day to day is just the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you have for support. So I have family here now and Brittany is one of those people for me, but yeah, I feel like that's a little bit about me. <laughs> well, and I think it's so important that you touched on that as like unity is such an important part to emotional and mental well-being and what a difference it makes when you're surrounded by like-minded people that want to elevate you and support you and love on you and mentor you and all of the things like what a difference that can make. And I think that just like comes down to, you know, showing up as authentically yourself. And even if that means being vulnerable and being like, I don't got this, I need help, you know? And I think that that is one of those things that kind of leads into this world of therapy and coaching and helping people manage um, you know, their emotional lives. Mm -hmm. So let's just start at the beginning with therapy because I've, I've done an episode and I've talked about the differences between coaching and therapy, but, um, I want to hear from like you, like, what is your approach to therapy and, um, yeah, like just start there. Yeah. So, um, just going through school and learning about, therapy and there's so many different approaches, but I feel like for me, the one that really hit home for me was, you know, I just want to know all my clients and I want to know everything about them. I want to know them as a whole. And there's so much more that is underneath the symptoms that they're showing me. So there's so much underneath the anxiety, the depression, you know, like all of the different things that people come in for that ask for help. Um, and where did those things come from? So I, try to do my best to help them discover like those things and help them find out, okay, what's the root cause of my anxiety and where did this come from? And so it goes as far back as childhood and just wanting to help them, you know, learn those things about themselves and understand, you know, okay, where did, where did I learn this? Like, or whose voice am I hearing right now? Um, and I use a, mod a modality called internal family systems and what it, what, how I like to describe it is all of us have parts. So we all have parts of ourselves that developed at a young age, developed, um, through childhood, a part that we had to, you know, have to protect ourselves. And some of our parts are still blended with us at, in adulthood. So whenever something happens, when we're triggered by something that reminds us of an experience that happened when we were young, that part will show up and take over the situation versus our like adult self. And so what I help clients do is discover those parts of them and help them. Sometimes it's a reparenting that we have to do, like going back and like reparenting, like, you know, and spending time with that part one-on-one -on -one and, and having them be like their highest sense of self and their adult self come through and be that adult for that younger part. So a lot of inner child work um, and a lot of trauma work because you, you know, I think a lot of time when that word comes up, people are like, oh my goodness, I've never been through trauma because I've never, you know, had PTSD or been, you know, sexually abused or, you know, um, been in a war. But I think trauma is so much, you know, there's so many things that are in that realm of trauma now that people don't realize. So yeah, that's a little bit about how I, how I practice and, and then also just bringing in all the other things in terms of like boundaries and, you know, uh, communication is a huge one too, and helping people feel like they can communicate and then also just how people see themselves. Um, 
and teaching self-compassion and like love towards ourselves. And I think that's one of the biggest things I'm seeing right now is just a lack of like self-love and um, just trying to be a voice for, especially my young females that are struggling in that place of just, you know, man, I, I hear this is how you're talking to yourself. Like, what would it be like to be kind to yourself or say something, you know, that's truth. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about what I, what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, we're going to dive into all of that because, you know, similar it's when I was coaching, it's like, yeah, people come to you with a symptom and like, yeah, you could treat the symptom. And I would say that our Western society is very much treat the symptom. You know, I call it the bandaid approach. Like you put a bandaid on it and then it like temporarily fixes until the wound gets open again. So, you know, that is so important that when there is something that is wrong, it's like always going that layer deeper because there's always something else. And I think it has a lot to do with the experiences that we've had, even though we have like grown physically, like mentally and emotionally, we still live in like that childish place because we like, that's, that's what we know. So I want to kind of talk about like why there's a stigma around therapy, because I do, I know there has been a shift and there's definitely been a big shift with um, mental health awareness, but there is still this like, kind of like hush hush about like when someone goes and, and seeks help. So what do you think that is about? So as of lately, you know, just from where I think it comes from, um, if, you know, I feel like just generation to generation, things have been taken so much differently. And I remember growing up and being younger and like therapy, like you didn't really hear about people going. If anyone was in therapy, it would be very hush hush. Um, and then sometimes even now I still see parents coming in and like not wanting their, you know, kids to be diagnosed because they don't want that on record or anything like that. So, um, I, I'm not sure exactly like why it's happening, but I feel like, you know, I think there's such a, there's a, the word that comes up for me is shame. So, cause I, sometimes people will come in and like, oh, but there's nothing wrong with me. Like, why do I have to go to therapy? And I think, you know, what I try to promote is that if anything, like you're showing so much strength and courage by taking the step and by saying yes to yourself and by saying, Hey, like I can't, do this on my own. I can't figure this out. I need support. I need help. And it's okay to need help. And, um, and it's okay to just have someone there to just support you and guide you. And a lot of the times I tell my clients too, that it's them doing the work. Like I'm just here as their sidekick and as their like cheerleader and their person that they'll go on the journey with, but they are doing all this on their own and, you know, putting in the hard work. I do still have people coming in who are very hesitant of like starting therapy because of the stigma around it. And yeah, I think that just what comes up for me is people feel like something's wrong with them and there's like a lot of shame. Yeah. And I always, and I same, and I get that same experience. And I just, the first thing I tell people is like, the only thing that's wrong is that you think that there's something wrong. You know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with us. And like that shame is something that we have to address and understand because shame cannot live in the light. Like shame loves to live in like the shadowy depths of ourselves, And we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to bring it up. But like, as soon as you relinquish that you're free and it like literally disappears, like the shame monster just goes away once you bring to light, whatever it is that you feel the shame around. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I think that is important. Like there is a paradigm shift because more and more people ha- like are open about their mental health and are asking for help. And it is changing this false belief that we've been conditioned that asking for help is a sign of weakness because the exact opposite is true. Like asking for help is a sign of strength. I think like having these conversations really helps people kind of like kind of question, like, why do I think that asking for help is a sign of weakness? We, we take on all of these burdens and we feel like we have to just like take it on our, on our own. When in reality, just asking like so much power comes from being in that, in that place. So how, you know, we talked a little bit about shame. Let's talk about like the role that it plays in our life and then some ways to overcome that negative voice. Yes. Yes. I feel like this is a topic that comes up so often, um, especially in, in, in the, in the therapy room and a lot of the shame that I see people going through are a lot of negative beliefs that they have about themselves. And, and sometimes it takes us like, it takes us a few like sessions to get to that negative belief. And sometimes there's more than one. And, you know, a lot of times I see like, whenever anyone's coming in with anxiety, it's like, Oh, like I, I want to, for example, it's like, Oh man, they, they say, Oh, my hair looks terrible today. Or, Oh, I just didn't get ready. And it's like, they have to, they feel the need to put that out there so that they almost say it first so that the person won't say it to them because they're fearful of being rejected or being shamed about what they look like. And that's just something that I see across the board and um, why people do that. It's like, a, that's a protective part that shows up. And I think when it comes to shame and ways to work through it and you know, what I've been working on with a lot of my clients is really understanding, okay, what is this negative belief that I have about myself and how can I, you know, like, what do I need to do to believe the opposite is true? Um, and where did this negative belief come from? And so really wanting to help them discover that and um, doing the work of, okay, like, did you grow up and have a parent that was really hard on themselves and talked really bad about how they looked in their body? And, or were you bullied or were you, um, you know, there are so many underlining things that these narratives come from and then helping them bring healing to that. And, and just have a space where there's someone there to be like, yeah, like that's not true. Or, you know, man, this is what's truth about you and being able to share that experience and teach them how to be their full authentic selves um, and feel safe doing it. Cause I think a lot of times the shame is a protection of people use shame as protection, but it keeps them in that isolation. So yeah, that's a little bit about like how I help clients and I do see it come up quite often. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it is just kind of even having that realization that like the belief is optional. (laughs) You know, I see that with my clients as well. I'm like, this is a thought and thoughts are optional and beliefs are just thoughts that we have thought so many times and, and, and probably have heard even before we started thinking about it, but probably handed down that you believe it to be true, but it's not no thoughts are truth. They're just optional sentences. So I think that that's a beautiful thing is just be able to like, even just be hold the space and then be the mirror being like, do you really believe that? And then like, really working through that understanding it. Because I think a lot of times people want to whack a mole, bad quote unquote thoughts that they think are bad or beliefs that they think are bad, you know, and, but that doesn't help because they just go away temporarily and then manifest in another way. So really being able to shine light on it. And something you said that 
resonates with me is the holding the space and making sure that it's safe. Because a lot of times it's like, people don't feel safe to feel like we, as a society are not very emotionally, um, advanced and like, you know, feeling safe in our emotional bodies. So we just disconnect from it. So I think like, that's one of the benefits of seeing a therapist is knowing that like, when you go into your space, like it is safe to feel whatever someone is feeling or whatever they're experiencing and allow that to be validated. So how do you help with that healing process? Like, how do you shine light in ways that um, someone that might be struggling with negative self-talk or beliefs um, to help them be more compassionate towards their like authentic self. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things that I do in every first session is I always tell my clients that we all have our swamps and we all have our stuff and I'll never force them in or push them in. But whenever they feel ready to go in, I'll go in with them and make sure that they get out before the end of the session. And I also just tell them, like, I try to be very authentic and human. I, I learned this from, there was this amazing person on Instagram. Her name is Lisa Oliveira, and she has this tagline of, like, human first, therapist second. Um, and I try to really, you know, be that for all my clients, too, and just show them, you know, and meet them sometimes where they're at of, like, they're really struggling with processing something. And you know, having some hesitation of like opening up, just trying to be with them in it. And sometimes I'll share like some, you know, personal experiences or be like, yeah, like, man, I struggle with that too. Like I've been right where you are. And I think that just creates a space where they don't feel alone in what they're going through. And I think that is like one of the most powerful things that come from that space is having them feel like there is someone there that gets yeah. it and that, you know, is going to validate it and not bring shame into the room with them. Right. Yeah, that's so amazing. And it is true. It's like, we're all human. We all have human emotions and a human brain and being able to humanize that and be like, listen, I get it. And then it's like, but like, and, and being able to understand that like where someone is at is just something they're going through and it's not forever. And it's just being able to like show through either their own experience or yours that it's just like this moment in time. It's not, it's not forever. And I know sometimes with anxiety and depression, it does, it just feels like this is it. Like, it's just, you just, it's never going to get better, but being able to hear that from someone else that is like in that space can really help navigate through those, um, those emotions and those hard times. So, you know, we've talked kind of about, um, we talked, we, we haven't really touched on anxiety, uh, mm-hmm. or depression yet. And I, I do, cause I feel like a lot, I have a lot of clients that also see therapists and a lot of times, like the common theme is that like anxiety, um, is a big part of their life and also have suffered from depression. So do you notice, like, is that kind of what a lot of people come to you for when they first step into your office? Yes, I would say they are presenting with one of one or the other or both. Um, but I think the majority have anxiety. That's what I'm seeing right now, especially with everything that all of us are enduring. And we've all experienced a trauma as of last year with COVID and shifts and change and adjustments that we've all had to make. And um, so I think those two are very prominent right now. And then also just like wanting to learn about how, like how to, you know, show up in relationships and how to have boundaries. That's a big one that comes up. Um, 
So yeah, to answer your question, I do see, see that amongst other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the beginning, like, how do you help someone navigate? Let's say they, someone comes in with like debilitating anxiety that they just like can't do the things that they want to do, or they set them set themselves out to do. How do you help navigate through that in the beginning? Yes. Great question. So I try to help clients not only, um, understand like what they're thinking, but also what they're feeling. And I help them get, you know, familiar with what's going on inside their body Mm because we all feel anxiety when it shows up. And for example, like whenever I'm feeling anxious, my chest gets really tight. Um, sometimes I feel it in my stomach or my shoulders want to tense up and, I just know it's like my body's like, okay, like something is going on here. And I will tell you so many people don't even know how to make that connection because they're in their nervous system is always either in that hyper arousal, which is when you're super anxious, like your heart rates, you know, going really, really fast, your palms are sweaty or that hypo arousal is when you just feel numb, like not fully there, um, kind of just like this dead feeling inside. And so teaching them about how the nervous system works and then also the symptoms of trauma too, because all of these are symptoms of trauma. And so sometimes what happens is the body remembers the trauma through symptoms, but not specific memories. And so showing them this handout of the different symptoms that show up, you know, a lot of times people are like, yeah, I have a hard time sleeping or I have a hard time, um, you know, being social or a hard time, um, like sometimes like loss of concentration or, you know, there's so many different symptoms that show up that, you know, link to something, but they can't ever, you know, they don't know what it's linking to. And so that's initially what I try to help, you know, clients, you know, understand about themselves and also just how to get into the body. Cause our bodies are so they communicate with us and just helping. And once I teach them that I'm like, okay, like, you know, let's see if it moves, let's see where it goes. But right now it's like, maybe there's a part here that's present. And what does she or he need right now? Like, what are they, what do they want you to know? Or what is this trying to tell you right now? And sometimes it's like, okay, I need to pause. I need to tend to myself and just doing like, you know, you know, there's breathing exercises. A lot of times the five senses is one that I love to teach people of like, let's just get grounded right now. And let's tell me like a few things you can see around you, what you can feel on you, what you can smell, what you can hear and what you can sometimes taste, but taste is a little bit of a hard one, but just getting them to be present with like right here, grounded right now while doing some deep breathing with them and teaching them that skill. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I think like your approach sounds just very like holistic because it's very much like, again, the symptom is like the anxiety is a symptom of something else, something much deeper. And it's like going back to that shame element. It's like, that's nothing has gone wrong. It's just like the invitation to figure it out. Cause it's always going to be there. If you don't like it's, I like to view the emotions cause same that's, I do something very similar. It's just like dropping into your body. And I realized like myself, I was very disconnected from my body and I didn't realize until I actually got connected, how disconnected I actually was. If that makes sense. Like I started working out again and I could like feel the muscle group I was working and I've never been able to do that before. And I was like, it was mind blowing because I was like, wow, I was so disconnected. Um, 
So getting into that practice of just like paying attention and noticing, because it is an invitation and it can really help open the doors to like, whatever it is that you experienced and, you know, help you realize that it's like, you're not still experiencing it anymore. Um, love, love that so much. So, and actually, you know, something that we connected over in the beginning was just running. And I feel like movement is the best way to get into your body. It's like number one on the list, right? Like I'm sure you tell your clients that all the time is like, just move your body just to like really have that mind body connection. Cause it's like, it is connected. The fact that there is literature out there that's like your mind and body are not connected, like blows my mind. (laughs) literally I'm like how can it not be but we are I mean in in an essence we're not it's not because of how disconnected we are as a society and like the conditioning so let's talk about trauma a little bit then so like because yeah when you think of trauma you think of like a like something like PTSD something that is like really extreme but that's not that that's one element of trauma but there's also different layers to it so tell me a little bit about that Yes. So I, I feel like there's a spectrum of trauma and there are people who have gone through really severe um, trauma where it has led to PTSD and it has led to, you know, very severe symptoms, but then, you know, there's things of just that I see come through of, um, you know, dysfunctional families of people who come through and just have, you know, a hard time, you know, with memories from childhood or experiences that they've had, even with siblings or a parent or, you know, being bullied too. And just like all of those significant things that, you know, we, some of us have gone through as young children that have molded us or created, um, you know, a part of like, okay, this, this is how I feel like I have to function, you know, in society now because of what I've gone through. Just to get by, like just to survive, right? Like it's like a survival Yeah. And I feel like there's, you know, grief is trauma too. And it's not just someone like that passed away, but you know, I feel like whenever you go through a breakup, like that's trauma, you know, like there's just, there's so many things that people experience that really impact them. And I think if it's impacting you and especially just like in terms of feeling like emotionally safe or just, you just know you're not okay. It's like, okay, like something has, is going on. And sometimes it can link back to an experience or event in your life that, maybe you never really gave it the attention or went through the healing process that it deserved. And it can go, it can go as far back as, you know, you know, sometimes there's just so many different things that people are experiencing now, even like what we just experienced as a whole. So yeah, as like a collective and being able to acknowledge that. And it, I, it definitely like what you said resonates because it goes back to feeling like Mm -hmm. the reason why, it keeps showing up with like the symptoms of, you know, anxiety or lack of focus or even like digestion issues, because that is a symptom of unprocessed emotions. It's like, that's why it's just so important to tap into what you're feeling. Even if it feels like it came out of nowhere, didn't, because it came from your thinking about something, but being able to just like drop in and have that practice. I love that you mentioned like that five senses, because all the problems that exist outside of the present moment, but the only moment that we're in is the present moment. So just being able to drop in and, and use an exercise like that. So you kind of mentioned that like our upbringings and our family, like there's a lot to be said about like that has shaped who we are today. And then it comes down to like unlearning those things as adults. So how does one do that? Like if someone's not aware that they're just like repeating patterns from their childhood and they're just taking it for face value of like, this is just who I am. Like, how do you help someone navigate that? So 
it does take time. I feel like, you know, I always tell clients like this, say I have a 22 year old in my office. I'm like, you've been going in this direction for 22 years. And now we're going to like pause and like rewind and go another direction and teach you something that you're, you're very unfamiliar with. And um, it can be, it does take time, but it's also something that um, I know like will, will help. And a lot of times it's like going back to that like negative voice or that negative cognition or that negative belief. And it's like, okay, we need to, we need to replace this with something. We need to bring some, some love and, you know, some self-compassion through and, um, and then also just like helping them understand like, like where this is coming from. And sometimes I'll be in session with them and I'll hear them say something. And I'm like, I'm wondering, is that your voice or is that someone else's? And then that'll be an open door of like, oh, I used to hear this all the time when this was happening. And then we'll go into that and I'll be like, okay, like maybe we can just, where do you feel that part showing up in your body right now? Like, let's spend some time with like her or him today. And see what he wants you to know um and being able to like invite like the spiritual aspect into that too of like healing and um having them being able to like close their eyes and imagine like them sitting with that younger part of them and you know there's just a lot that happens in that moment and um you know just for example just like oh like this part of me is like curled up like what's their body language like and what are they experiencing right now? And what do you see? And like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, what, what do you think they need? Like, oh, like, she just needs a hug or she just needs to hear this. And like, those are so many things that so many of us maybe didn't get, like when we were going through something bad, like or experiencing something, it was more of like, just brush it off. Like you'll be fine. Or, you know, like those, you know, those things that we learned. Everything is fine. At like, don't be such a wimp. Don't be so sensitive. You know, like you're like, it's those messages are like, it's not valid. So you literally like become an adult and then you just feel like, oh, it's not valid to, to feel this way. But it's like, no, we're just humans. We're supposed to feel being a human means feeling. Yes. And teaching them that it's okay. I think that's the biggest one. And I think validation and empathy are the two things that I, you know, bring into the space and just being able to like a lot of times clients are like, wow, like I just feel like I feel so much better because I feel like I'm not crazy or I'm feeling like you're just really validating me right now. And for so long, maybe not you know, having that growing up too, or, you know, being in relationships where that didn't exist. Um, and just then that's where the shame comes in because they're like, oh, this is all me. like the whole cycle. And then it cycles all over again. And then you like find a way out. You know, we, we buffer with alcohol or food or shopping or even work projects, like to just escape how we're feeling, you know, and just being able to like drop in. I think that's what's so powerful about therapy is like most of us are escaping our emotions all day by doing, 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 doing. And then when you intentionally step into a space that like you've created, it's like, oh, we're going to feel. And it's probably not going to feel great. I have to tell people that all the time. I'm like, I just want to warn you. You're not going to like, this isn't like a, like, you're going to feel amazing right away. If you stick with it, you're going to feel great. But like it, it, it just requires feeling and chances are you haven't been feeling the difficult emotions. So like, let's, let's dive in, you know, like let you're safe to do this. And like, you know, you kind of just have to like be real about it because we're sold on this idea that you have to be happy all the time. But, and when you're not, there's something wrong with you. And I talk about this a lot because I definitely bought into that for a while. Um, but there's nothing like just because we're not supposed to be happy all the time. That is a false, that is a false belief that we have been sold by a lot of really great people at marketing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> happiness 
is the goal. When really I would say, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, I'm like, feeling is the goal. Like we want to feel, and then you can feel intentionally however you want. You know, it's like, that's really what it's about. Um, so yeah. Oh, so good, Rach. I love this. I'm like listening to him. Like, yes, I love all of this. And I love that your, your approach. Um, there's a couple of things I definitely want to talk about boundaries because this comes up a lot with my clients as well. And then also like this cycle of shame and like, you know, everything that comes along with it. And I think a big part of not having boundaries is people pleasing. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about, about that. Like what is a boundary? Yes. So a boundary, a boundary is when you are expressing something that you need. Um, and the biggest thing that I use as an example is I feel statements and expressing how you feel. So, um, being able to tell someone like, Hey, like, you know, I feel hurt, um, because of what you just said and, um, or when you said this, because this, so being able to feel the sense of safety to express, you know, to people, how you feel and also what you need in a relationship. So, I mean, I just really need, um, I just really need more communication, you know, from you, or I really need for you to be, um, you know, if you're going to have to cancel, like if you can just let me know ahead of time or, you know, like those types of things or boundaries of like, you know, I really don't like being touched. Some people don't like being touched. So being able to say like, oh, I, I, I show love in a different way. And, you know, just like all those different things and being able to feel the sense of safety and saying those needs and, um, those, and then also like how we feel in different situations. And it's so interesting because it goes back to like not feeling that feelings are valid and not feeling validated. So if you are sharing an I am statement with how you're feeling, of course, you're not going to have a hard time saying that because you're like, well, they're not, it's not welcome here. And there's like, and then then the shame is again, a little shame monster, like pokes his head out of the shadows and is like, I'm still here. So, you know, what is something that you help people with when like, it comes to like people pleasing and like not wanting to let someone down if they're, if they're setting a boundary. Mm -hmm. So I think I see this so much. And the biggest thing I ask is, I think a lot of times, especially with anyone that's struggling with like social anxiety and people pleasing, like they they have learned to sacrifice themselves in order to make other people happy and being able to teach them like they don't have to do that um, is a powerful thing. And it does take practice and time because they have learned that from somewhere. And that's usually the question that I ask is like, is there a parent or someone that you've you know had in your life that has been that way? And they're like, yes, like this is how my dad is or this is how my mom is. And, and not that that's, you know, I, I don't want any, that's another thing too. Like all of our parts are, I want us to have good and like loving relationships towards those parts of us because they served a purpose in our life. I don't want there to be this, oh, well, like the shame around it. And then I also want to validate all the parents here. Like, um, you guys are amazing and it takes a lot of work to do what you do. And, you know, you came from what you came from, from your parents. And so like parents are perfectly imperfect. So I always like to put that out there too. And, um, but coming back to like, you know, coming back to boundaries and being able to help people and teach them about that. Like I think in people pleasing, asking that question of like, okay, someone just asked me this, like, does that, if my answer is yes, is that yes for me or is that yes for them? And if that yes is for them, giving them the opportunity to pause and really think, okay, like, you know, what is it that I need in this moment right now that serves best for me? And no, that's not selfish. And being able to say, hey, like this doesn't work for me right now, but 
what is this, you know, can we do this instead? And being able to say yes to themselves and like, yeah. you know, sometimes it means saying no to other people and that's okay. And trust me, I have been down that people pleasing, you know, <laughs> I've been down that road and I'm still learning how to, you know, say no and be okay with it. Cause I'm like, Oh, this person's going to be mad. Or, you know, we think, what if, what if, what if, and changing like the what if to even if. So yeah. even if this person is upset, their feelings are valid and I still have to honor like where I'm at right now with this situation. Yeah. Big time. Cause it's true. It's like, if you're saying yes to everyone else, you're saying no to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it also comes down to like, we're not responsible for other people's emotions. And that's a really big piece of it, especially when it comes to people pleasing within our like family unit or like tight community, we think we're like, we're responsible for if they're upset or disappointed. And like, if they're, if someone is upset by the boundary that we set, then we're not responsible for that. They are, cause we're all adults. So it's like learning how to take responsibility, um, for how we're feeling. And I think that that is like one of the things that I've learned because I am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> um, and that tendency is like, really, it's like, I have to work on it. Like, and I do have to kind of have that check-in, like, is this a yes for me or a yes for them? And like 90% of the time it's for them. And it's like really being able to like understand the why, and then trust myself more than anything. It's like, I have to trust myself because every time I say yes, and it's not for me, I'm betraying myself. And then it like, that's where, um, that's where another cycle of shame likes to, to seep in. So yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think boundaries is one of those amazing things that you really do dive into in therapy Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And so you mentioned something. So you said like, it's not like bad or good, which I love that you mentioned that. And also like, to your point with parents, like people do the best they can with what they have. And that's like what it comes down to. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, you like, it's, it's all about like how it's all passed down from generation to generation. So like having that compassion is huge, but you mentioned like having this compassion for all parts of yourself. And I want to really touch on that because to me, like that is the foundation of everything is like, no matter what the experiences are, not bad or good, just the experiences of our life, like to have that compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. So let's, how do you tie in like radical self acceptance and compassion into your therapy work? Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of times, even just bringing up the word, like self-compassion, um, people are like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. I'm so mean to myself, you Mm -hmm. know, and just, seeing that trend and how prominent it is. And, um, I think being able to hold that space and it's, it could be really hard for people to learn what it means to be self-compassion. And there's an amazing author out there, um, Kristen Neff, and she, um, wrote this book, um, on self-compassion. And I learned a lot just from reading that. And, um, there's so many different parts of self-compassion. I think a lot of it is, you know, like feeling like we can trust ourselves and, um, a lot of times, like whenever it comes to decision-making sometimes it's like, Oh, like, I just can't make this, this decision. Like I'm struggling with this. And then that shame comes through because like, you know, you want to call someone and help them, you know, get help for asking help for a decision or, you know, just feeling like you, um, you just can't do things on your own. Like in, in, and one of the things too, is just like, Oh, I just can't be kind to myself or I can't speak kindly to myself. Or every time I look in the mirror, I just point out my flaws over my, 
you know, the things that are beautiful about me. And so trying to teach people that practice of like, okay, like I really want you to focus this week on um, like, let's create this mantra together. Like let's create this affirmation that's going to be your foundation this week. And I want you to put it somewhere where you can see it every single day. And I also want you to journal about it. I want you to journal like, okay, how hard was it for you to like see that and like let that in and what came up, you know, what tried to come up instead or, you know, whose voice did you maybe hear this week? But um, just trying to teach like people like, okay, like there is so much about you that you don't like allow yourself to see and like being able to like help clients like open their eyes to the, you know, the beauty that's within them. And not only on the outside, but on the inside, I think can be, you know, just a powerful moment and like what, compassion means um and bringing that into the room too because I try to model that like I try to be affirming and you know I'll tell clients like nope that's not true like let's rewind like let me hear something like every negative thing you're going to say about yourself I want to hear three positive things like just trying to like ingrain that narrow pathway because right now there's just not you know they're just not kind to themselves so trying to create a new narrow pathway where they're actually hearing positive and loving statements is it's challenging, but man, like once you like learn how to do that, like, like you just, you feel so much better. Break through that barrier. And I mean, it it makes sense. We're wired for negativity. So that's why the majority of our thoughts are negative. So it does take being super conscious and aware to come up with those new thoughts, even if you don't believe them right away, like really getting to that, like subconscious. So like you actually like believe it and then feel it like that's again to that mind body connection. Mm -hmm. So what are some tangible practices? Because I think everything that we've talked about, like really comes down to this, right? Like this, like self-compassion and acceptance and love for ourselves. Um, what are some tangible steps that someone can, can do today to help with that? Mm, Self-compassion. Yeah. So one of the things that I bring up a lot is, okay, like how, in, in moments when you're struggling with something in your own personal life, like think of like your best friend sitting right next to you going through the same thing. Like, how would you speak to her? Like, how would you, what do you think, what would you tell her in this moment? And how, what would you need to tell yourself those same things and being allowed to receive all those same things that you are so good at telling other people. Um, that's one thing that's like a big check-in question that I think really puts people into like, Whoa, like that's so even when I ask that people are shocked with like, usually the response is like, Oh, like I, I would talk so differently to myself or I do talk so differently to myself. Yeah. Than with my best that. friend. Yeah. And I think just starting the day and ending the day with, you know, something where you can like, I love how much you you're just like my go to with gratitude and being able to wake up and start the day with like a gratitude journal or, you know, even a check-in to like, man, like how, how am I feeling today? Or like, what are ways that I can show, like show compassion towards myself? Like, what are some things that I can do throughout the day where I show myself compassion and, oh, how can I show someone else compassion? Like writing those things down and those practices down and maybe three things that you're grateful for that day too. And then ending the day of like, okay, like how, like, what did I end up doing? And like, how did I show myself compassion? And how did I show someone else compassion? And just being able to really like, be so it's, it takes time to be like disciplined with, I think it's just like, people have to learn this skill, like working out, like it has to be something that they're constantly Mm -hmm. doing and practicing in order for it to feel natural and to become a part of like the norm. So those are just a few things. Like I love affirmations. I love, you know, there's a few books that I can recommend too, um, that really help teach 
self-compassion and like how to, you know, be compassionate towards yourself. And, um, I think another thing too, is just being kind to yourself when you're not okay, because that's a big one that I see come up a lot of like, Oh, like I'm not doing good or I'm not feeling good, but it's like what it, in those, those are the moments that we need to be kind to ourselves like more than ever is when we're not doing okay. So I I love the idea of like how you would talk to a friend and like the things that you want someone to say to you, saying it to yourself. Um, So powerful. And it sounds like, I mean, I talk about journaling a lot and call it whatever you want to call it because people have, you know, a thing about journaling, but it's like the reason why journaling is so empowering is because it gives you space to see what is going on in your mind. And it's like, that's what it's all about. So you can reflect and understand and have that compassion. So, um, oh, so good, Rach. Love, <laughs> love this conversation so, so much. So basically, you know, what we've talked about today are just some like, it's a general overview of what you dive into in therapy and the benefits of it is just, it's so, it's so big and it's so important. We like need more, we need more people like you out there, like really treat, like really treating the person as the whole, not just their mind, like really mind, body, soul, like that, it makes the biggest difference. And I know that because like, that's been my own journey. It's like, first I was just treating my body and then I was trying to treat my mind. And then when I really got that like whole body, like mind, body, soul, spirit, everything. And one, like, that's when I really started to heal. So just hearing you speak to this is just amazing because I think it makes such a difference. Um, because you know, the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is like a lot of times people are like, you know, therapy just doesn't work for me because it's just a lot of talking. Um, but you know, from, from this conversation, what I know about you is like, it's not just talking you give, you give action steps. So what would you say to someone that's like, yeah, therapy is just like too much talking. And I don't always want to talk about my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a great question. It does come up a lot and a little bit too, of like how, you know, I, how I approach that. Every client is different. Every client has different needs. And I see each of my clients individual, like as individuals, and I want to meet them where they're at. And so, you know, say someone comes in, they're just like, Oh, I like don't want to talk today. And I'm like, all right, well, why don't we do something? Like I have activities I have, you know, even if it's like, I just really need to practice what it means to be grounded in my body. Can we do a meditation together? And I will guide a meditation, like in the session that is going to complement the work that we're doing and the goals that we're doing. And, you know, there can just be days where they're not, they want to come in, they want to show up, but going in and talking about the deep stuff is just not where they're at in that moment. And so I like to give my clients choice and I want, like, it's not about me. So that's, the space is all about them and I want it to, to feel that way. And so if it's a day where it's like, let's just do some grounding exercises and maybe like another activity, like art is a huge thing that I bring in. Writing is a huge thing I bring in. And I like to be creative too. And I'm open to like hearing like suggestions. I always tell clients, like, I want to know what's working, what's not. And I'm always learning in this field. I will never stop learning and I'm always growing. And so, um, you know, just being able to make the space feel like it's, you know, it's for them and not for me has been my been what I've been trying to do this whole time. So it's what you're doing. I can tell it shines through. It really does. Well, thank you so much for your time and just being a light in this world and helping, you know, and really, you know, we, we just need, we need it so, so deeply more than ever, just knowing that there are people out there that 
want to help and are there to help and have like dedicated their lives to service in this way. So thank you for being you. Um, and I will, and I know we were talking about before we started recording that you are taking clients right now and I'll make sure I link your, um, information in the show notes in case anyone wants to reach out or they have any questions and peeps can find you where, where do you, where do you hang out online? So I do have a, um, uh, Instagram account. It's Rachel R A C H E A L B therapy. If you want to follow me on there and then, you know, and everything else, like if it's about like scheduling an appointment or anything like that, email or phone call would probably be probably be best there. Perfect. And I will link the show notes, um, the books that you mentioned for self-compassion and then some of the, um, the Instagram account too, that you talked about that been kind of an inspiration for you as well. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? I just want to say thank you for having me. And, you know, also you are a huge light in this world and doing so much and you've inspired me so much too, as a therapist. And, you know, I just want to say like, thank you for what you do too. Oh my goodness. Doesn't Rachel's beautiful soul just radiate through the way that she speaks. I love that girl. And there was just so many crossovers with coaching and therapy. And that's why I think the combination of coaching and therapy is a one-two punch to your healing and stepping into your power and your greatness. And it's just incredible. So if that episode resonated with you and you've been wanting to reach out and ask for help, you have resources at your fingertip, my friend. And I just want you to know how not alone you are. I say it all the time, but I deeply mean it. You're not meant to do this alone. And if you're struggling, you're not meant to struggle alone. And reaching out, asking for help is one of the most powerful and incredible things that you could do for your mental health and your well-being. So if you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out. I am here for you, my friend. And if you need help navigating anything that we talked about, Rachel is an incredible resource. So just know there are tons of resources for you. We are cruising through this challenge and it's not too late to sign up. Just text that number in my show notes and you will get daily action steps, inspiration, motivation, and just loving reminders. All right, my friend, that is all I have for you today. If you have anything that resonated with you and you want to share, post it on the gram, send me a message. I love hearing from you. All right. Until next time, love yourself, own your happiness, but remember to be human and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.